It's past twelve. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060 Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, this is LBC 97.3. What a shallow, unfeeling, callous bunch you are. We could have ministerial blood on the carpet by close of play today as Jeremy Hunt continues to uh, give increasingly patchy and, frankly, uh, diabolical evidence to the Leveson Inquiry. God, I'm glad I don't work for the BBC and I'm allowed to actually express an opinion. But... Do you care? Well, yes, of course you do. Are you bombarding me with demands that Mystery Hour does not bite the bullet today and make way for continuing coverage of events of the Royal Courts of Justice? Is my switchboard already full of people itching to ask their question and avail themselves of this weekly opportunity to solve mysteries? Yes, it is. I'm going to try and do that thing that's supposed to be impossible. I'm going to try and keep all of the people happy all of the time. And uh, there's an element of selfishness in this, I grant you. I love Mystery Hour. I invented it. But I also uh, am a gog at events unfolding at Leveson. So I'm going to try and keep two balls in the air. In the first instance, we'll be speaking shortly to the Sky News correspondent, Mark White, about what he has been witnessing down there all morning. And, of course, alongside that, we've got your weekly opportunity to get the answer to the question which has had you troubled for the longest time let me just take a moment i hardly ever do this and and i i'm, I'm going to do it now for reasons that i hope are obvious to you if you're listening to most of the last hour of the program i'm sorry if if you didn't get on i will cover this topic again i will add it to my list of subjects i care deeply about and i will offer you another opportunity to have your say about the impact on your adulthood that witnessing family violence during your childhood had that is a a cast iron promise and if i forget or if you think i've broken that promise tell me track me down and slap me around the face with a wet fish all right seriously 08456060973, 08456060973, however, is the number to call if you've got a question to which you desperately need an answer. Uh, don't really take emails and texts during this part of the programme, but that doesn't mean I don't read them. So keep the tweets coming at Mr. James O'B or into the studio directly at LBC973. Six minutes after 12, mystery hour underway. Mark White, the Sky correspondent at the Leveson Inquiry on the line now. Mark, let me begin by asking you a horribly unfair question, which is at 10 o'clock this morning, did you foresee any uh, of the events of the last two hours, or has it, has it moved rather faster and rather deeper than you thought it would? You know, uh, James, I've given up uh, trying to sort of predict uh, unforeseen events at Leveson because they always have a habit of coming up and, uh, and biting you in the backside, and, and that's, again, what we got today in the form of not so much a smoking gun, but this smoking text, uh, the revelation uh, that Jeremy Hunt had sent a text message to James Murdoch on the 21st of December 2010, congratulating him as the News Corporation bid to take over full control of B Sky B had cleared a hurdle in Brussels. Uh, and uh, as far as Jeremy Hunt's text was concerned, it was congrats on uh, clearing that hurdle with Brussels, only Ofcom to go now. Uh, and Jeremy Hunt had to c- concede under examination that uh, you know he was clearly uh, in favour of that bid going through Um, so that's the picture that's being painted this morning it is I think very politically damaging for Jeremy Hunt 
but it's also, I think, damaging for David Cameron because uh, at a time when uh, Jeremy Hunt was given control uh, of that bid uh, because of the comments of Vince Cable in declaring war on Rupert Murdoch after those uh, comments were made public, you would have thought that David Cameron would have been very uh, determined indeed to ensure that there uh, could be no comeback with the next person that he appointed to oversee that bid. <clears throat> and instead, of course, it was being handed to someone uh, whose views were publicly known as being in favour of the B Sky B bid. So, so the colours just as obviously nailed to the to the opposite mast. That question obviously will resonate all the way to number ten Downing Street. What was the atmosphere like in in the room when that text, when the full uh, impact of that text was was absorbed? Because it, it can, I suppose, except when our friend David Lawley Wakelin makes his unscheduled interventions, it, it can be a rather anodyne atmosphere. And and I just wonder whether there was a sort of collective intake of breath or anything a bit Perry Mason at that point. Well, I, I think there was absolute silence, to be honest, just listening to and taking in uh, the revelation about the text message. Um, you know, I within that silence as far as it's possible to say I mean the atmosphere is quite electrifying in there because you have Jeremy Hunt up there on the uh, stand in the witness box giving evidence and clearly looking you know very uncomfortable it's not uh, easy territory for him uh, being asked question after question by uh, Robert Jay who is very good on the forensic level you know he's quite understated uh, but he has quite a dry sense of humor about him uh, and you know he's painting this picture of a man who's clearly uh, with all his pronouncements in the past and even during uh, the the time when he's now being handed the bid uh, or the oversight of the B Sky B bid um, speaking in favor really uh, to both the Prime Minister and to others including James Murdoch uh, in favor of that bid that he's meant to be an impartial arbiter of. So it's very uncomfortable ter territory uh, for Jeremy Hunt and it's got uh, a few hours to play out yet. And the next, the next chapter will be, indeed I think it's already underway, Hunt attempting to prove his objectivity by uh, relaying the anger that was felt in the Murdoch camp by his decision to, to, to refer the deal to Ofcom. That doesn't change the question that David Cameron has to answer, but it perhaps changes Jeremy Hunt's survival chances if he pulls off that trick. What would you say? I mean, I'm not going to ask you to put money on it, but do you think his job is more safe or less safe than it was when he took to the stand at 10 o'clock this morning? I, I would say less safe, uh, to be honest. Uh, I think he's very politically damaged by this whole affair. Um, and, you know, he looks um, like a man who, you know, while trying to be contrite in a sense and uh, um, mind the best kind of defence he can, uh, it's a fairly weak defence, um, I think. You know, this is, this is a man who says at the end of the day, although he was clearly... Uh, favourable towards that B Sky B bid, uh, he was not going to let that get in the way of his quasi-judicial role yes. in overseeing the B Sky B bid. But he's also said that in hindsight, if he was to do the whole thing all over again, he would do it differently. So it's a, it's a bit of a skewed defence, to be honest.
And, uh, and uh, as you pointed out, it's far from over. I shall detain you no longer. Mark White, Sky correspondent at the Leveson Inquiry, speaking to us live there from, well, what sounded like the middle of the road outside the Royal Courts of Justice, given the traffic in the background, but we presume it was on the pavement. I've got a few phone lines free now, which doesn't often happen on a Thursday, but this is a remarkable Thursday, even if Perry doesn't think so. has <laughs> rather sweetly emailed me to say, please, James, I don't want you to lose listeners, but Leveson is not as exciting as you seem to think. It is perry it's my failure as a presenter and journalist to, to to have failed to communicate that excitement to you if you don't understand why it is so exciting then i'm gonna have to hang up my headphones after the show today but we'll get mystery hour out of the way first and that means if you hit the numbers now you will get your question on the board anything you want a what a who a why a where a when a whither a whether or even a wherefore oh eight four five six oh six oh nine seven three if you hear somebody else ask a question to which you know the answer the number remains the same. The invitation is slightly different. I want you to ring in and give me the answer rather than the question. Jess is in Knightsbridge. Jess, question or answer? Hello, James. Hello, it's a uh, question. Go on, it would be, um, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, it would be, yeah. On I'm reflection. Not, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to know, yeah. is the human race the only race, the only beings that commit suicide, or do any other animals... I know animals suffer depression, but do they go all the way and top themselves? Or is it only the human race that does that? I, I, I don't know whether this is, 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 is cartoonish memory, but what about lemmings? Yeah, I know, yeah. Don't I they go off a cliff? Isn't that sort of, isn't that I, I, population I control? The computer game. <laughs> why, why, do you, why do you want to know? Are you worried about one animal uh, in particular, Jess? Well... No, not, not really, no. <laughs> you I haven't got a depressed dog, do you? Like <laughs> oh, don't be soft. Come on, man. <laughs> it's, 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 it's an interesting question, and the lemmings thing may well be pertinent to it. In my, somewhere in my memory banks, which are no doubt faulty, I've got the idea that lemmings do sometimes jump off cliffs in order to undertake a sort of uh, uh, population control, in order to make way for the younger generation. But uh, seeing as... I, I've got about as much scientific justification for that as I have for claiming that coyotes chase roadrunners off cliffs. I, I should probably wait to see if anyone can provide a more um, uh, a serious response. Nice start, though. Thank you, Jess. Nick's in Watford. Nick, question or answer? It's a question, James. Go on, Nick. Um, bit of a topical one. It's about the word jubilee. Ugh, ding! What? Nothing. Carry on. Oh, okay. Um, we've had a silver jubilee, a golden, and now we've got a diamond, yeah. and... There's lots of other celebrations that go on, but that word is only really associated. Is it? Really, I just want to know: is it really just associated with royalty? Jubilee. Because if you have a if you have a 25 year wedding anniversary, it's called a wedding Diamond. anniversary. It's not called a, a jubilee. A silver jubilee. I just want to know if it was. If so jubilee was, is an anniversary of a coronation, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Has it ever been used in any other word? James the engineer is looking thoughtful, but he's shaking his head in that characteristically vacant fashion. I, I, I can't think of it. I can't. I jubilee. I, I, I don't think I've ever heard it used in any other context. No. That doesn't mean it can't be. We'll find out whether or not there is a link. It's a, it's a nice. It's a nice word. Are you excited about it, Nick? Um, yeah, I'm going away with the boys for the weekend playing golf. I am excited. Yeah. 
<laughs> God bless you, Mom. <laughs> if you want to find out the best places to be this weekend, particularly on Sunday for the... For, is, it, is it called a flotilla? The boats. I'm, I'm probably taking my girls to it. That's not the exciting bit of information, by the way. It's our website. It's got a wonderful guide to where you can see it and, and the best vantage points. Does the jubilee, does the word, the simple word jubilee, refer only to matters monarchical? In other words, is it, is it an anniversary of a coronation, or can it ever be a, uh, prescribed... Um, or used to describe things that are not royal. And do any other organisms commit suicide? Or is it just us? Not us, literally, but us, as in humans. J. Louise Knight is in the LBC, 97.3 Travel Centre. LBC 97.3, London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. Eighteen minutes after twelve. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. It's the origin of the phrase jubilee, or the word jubilee, and whether or not it is exclusively uh, relevant to matters royal. And do any other species, uh, organisms, creatures, commit suicide, or is it just humans? Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Tom's in Wood Green. Tom, question or answer? I've got a question, please, James. Go on, then. Um, turning to American politics, which is a whole lot cleaner, no doubt. Um, cleaner? Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> the question is, um, I've heard the Republican Party called the GOP. Yes. And I believe it stands for Grand Old Party. I think I've got that right. Yes. But why do people use one or the other? I've only ever seen GOP written down. Yes. And people say Republican whenever they report in the news out loud. I actually saw GOP in the paper the other day, written, but people would never GOP. I've seen it a lot. What sort of rules are, and can you other two phrase or two words just interchangeable? It seems to crop up an awful lot in written reportage, doesn't it? It, it almost as probably more often sometimes than the word Republican Party, and and I had to look it up. I didn't know what the heck it was. It, it is yeah. Grand Old Party. It's it's. it's but it, where does that come from? Why do people only write GOP? But then when they talk about it, they always call them the Republican Party. I don't know if there will be an answer to your question, but that's no reason not to ask it. Good. And therefore we have, and we will, and you just did. Great. (laughs) Tom, thank you. It's it's true. If you read a coverage of the American election, um, you will see constant reference to Mitt Romney having achieved the the nomination, the candidacy for the GOP, the, the GOP. Grand old party, I, we think. But why? I, and why only in print? Why never in spoken word? I, I don't know. I, I can see an American intern in the back of the production office at the moment, uh, but he's desperately ducking down behind the screens, uh, hoping that we don't call him in here on the grounds that he is actually American. It's not really a qualification to know absolutely everything about the entire continent. Elaine's in Forest Hill. Elaine, question or answer? Oh, it's a question. Yes. Um, something crossed my mind the other day with everyone going on about the Queen. Don't put it like that. (laughs) Um, We always refer to her here as the Queen of England, but why is she never called the Queen of Britain, given that the other parts are all included in the term Britain? Wales, Scotland, Ireland. I could understand it in days of old when she only had England, Mm. Elizabeth I, but... Um, why is it now not the Queen of, Queen of Britain? I think you might have answered the question yourself, Elaine. I th- I think in what it, way? Well, I think it probably is just verbal tradition in that in the, the phrase Queen of England was first. 
Well, as, as her empire grew, as it were, you think she would include all these other things as well? I mean, presumably at some but, but, but where would it end? I mean, you can't be saying, well, and now, well, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, be upstanding for the Queen of England, <laughs> Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Jersey, <laughs> Guernsey, <laughs> Sark, Breku, Isle of Man, Isle of Wight, uh, large swathes of India, most of Africa, uh, don't forget Canada. You see, we'd be here all day. The poor bloke could never get the chance to blow his trumpet. But is she, but is she not the Queen of, of Scotland and Wales and the other? Ones. She I mean, she may not necessarily be, she was the empress of the other ones, isn't she? Yeah, well, all right. But in the old days. I mean, yeah, Victoria, yeah. she was the empress of India, wasn't she? <laughs> She's splitting hairs now. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, I mean, we've made a big thing. We've, we we've had this big argy-bargy about whether... Falklands, you're well done. And the Queen of the England. Falklands as well. You're quite right. Reminding me there with the argy-bargy. Queen of the Falklands. <laughs> you're very polite so to you, laugh so in such really, an insincere you fashion. You can't really give me the answer to that one, other than saying it's a long title. Who do you think you are, Jeremy Paxman? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, a lot of these people in previous countries have come out with this great long thing where people say, please welcome yes. the son of God and, you know, what? the son of man yes. and, and emperor of Mars and Venus His and all things wonderful. most wonderful wonderfulness, the Lord you know, of all, all that sort of But I thought the shorthand would just simply be in our queen. instance to say queen of Britain. I, I, I'll ask the question, why is she the queen of England and not the queen of Britain? Yes. Well, she is, no, 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 she is the Queen of England, no, fine. I mean but then why is she not extending it to verbally. the Queen of Britain? Ver why is she known as the Queen of England and not the Queen of Britain? Yes. Yes. Is that clear? C crystal. Okay. Carry on. Ha ha happy Jubilee. Will you be doing much? Oh, is it? Well, while you're on questions, Jubilee, there is a Jubilee clip that you put around the host pipe. Is there? Yeah, don't, didn't you know that? Well, when, whenever you whenever you have a hose and you want to tighten it round whatever it's fixed to, yeah. use what's called a jubilee clip. A jubilee clip. Mm. Yeah. Which is mm. yes. Did, mm. did you not know this? Uh, well, no, no, I didn't. But you make it well, sound as if that if you look inside a car engine or yeah. uh, a hose pipe in the garden, you'll find it's got a hose a clip round it which tightens as you screw it up with the screwdriver. Yes, I, I, I didn't know that. And um, if you don't mind really? me saying, so, well, you've just done it again. Well, I'm just amazed because, you know, your knowledge is so extensive. Well, you're sort of making up for it a bit. Not too good on Britain, but... <laughs> what? There's a bit of sarcasm creeping into your compliments <laughs> yeah, here, madam. <laughs> That's just too... Well, I, can't. I remember oh, Jubilee okay. pancakes at the Little next, Chef. Next time, next time you go to a um, 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 hardware shop, yes. have a look for Jubilee clips. I, w I will. And they're a little, circular, like little circular thing. Most, most people, I'm sure, will know. It's a little what? clip. Well, hang on, let's find out, shall we? Put your hands up now if you know what a Jubilee clip is. Not a single hand in the studio, Elaine. I so it's, it, it. Well, I, it's not my fault. Don't, let's leave the American out of it because they probably call it something else <laughs> over there. But nobody else working on the programme has ever heard of a Jubilee clip. So it could be, in fact, because you what? could say that it is a crown in a sense because when it's when it's closed, it is a crown, isn't it? Maybe that's where the term comes from. I, I don't do, know. Do you, do you know what? How are you? How are you on Leveson? I think you know. Are you all right on Leveson? I might go and get a cup of tea. <laughs> Can you interview Dan Friedman about what's been going on at the Leveson Inquiry? No, no, no. My specialist subject is Jubilee clips and... <laughs> 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 uh, we've got to get Elaine an answer now. Problem is, I can't remember what the question was. Steve's in Epsom. Steve, question or answer? <laughs> really? That... No. Goodness me, that's the first question we've ever taken via Morse code. Liam is in Eltham. Liam, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Good man. Have you ever heard of a um, Jubilee clip? 
Um, I have heard of a Jubilee. Oh, okay. well, so, sorry, pal. No, John's in Basingstoke. John, no, go on, come back, Liam. It's all right. What, what's your answer? <laughs> My answer is about the other animals or organisms that commit suicide. Oh, yes. Bees commit suicide, but it's more a kind of uh, self-euthanasia thing. Uh, if they're uh, injured or know they're not going to make it back to the hive, they will sting themselves. Really? Yes. How do you? How, how, well, I mean, I'm interested in the physics of it how, or the biology, I suppose. How do they? How do they? How? How do they sting themselves? They, they kind of curl their tail and their sting round and inject themselves with the, uh, the poison. Wow! Incredible. That, that actually is incredible. How do you know this? Um, tragically, I'm just absolutely fascinated by bees. There's nothing tragic about that. Bees. Nothing tragic about that. You understand bees. You understand life. Well, so they say. They so do, they do, say. they? do they? They do. Yeah, oh, did you not realise, that? Well, that's all there is should. to the universe is bees. They, they should. Uh, <laughs> Have you ever seen a bee sting itself? Um, yes, yeah, several times. Several you times. really are. Do you keep bees? Uh, I wish that I did, but um, I've uh, I've never been allowed to. Everybody else in the family is terrified of them. Oh, but they don't need to be. I know a girl who keeps bees on a balcony. She's got a hive on really? a balcony. Yeah, in a, in a, she's on about the sixth floor. Excellent. No, I, I love bees, and I love watching them when they're coming back to the hive and the waggle dance that they do, and and the, uh, they, they actually have doormen at the hive as well, and if a bee comes back a little bit too drunk or comes back to the wrong hive, they uh, don't let them in. What about trainers? Uh, I think trainers are OK. <laughs> no jeans, though. Good work, Liam. You've earned this. Actually, that does close the question down as well, because the question was, do any other creatures commit suicide? But I know John in Basingstoke, um, has, is this the same, are you answering the same question, John? Um, well, I do know about Jubilee Clips. I don't want to but, talk. If anyone else um, mentions Jubilee Clips, they're getting a red card, and I'm not joking anymore. It's, it's, it's all very well, everybody, sort of... I don't like being made to look stupid, John, and, and I don't need any help doing it either. So, so what, what do you want to say? What's your answer? Um, it's about geese in the Falklands. Of course it is. suicide. What? Go on. Um, well, when I was in the Falklands in 98, I served six months there, and yeah. uh, we were taught about the, the geese, and if they mate for life, and if one of the part, one of either side of the partnership dies, yeah. the other side of the partnership would just sit next to the corpse and, and die, basically. They won't move. They'll just sit there oh, and die. Oh, really? And, um, yeah, and you can actually get fined by the... Um, because they're called upland geese, and they only live on the Falklands. Is that right? And you could be fined if you kill the goose by the local magistrate's court. They can fine you if you kill one of the geese without a licence. Crikey, you covered a lot of ground there. Not not least your own military service, which, I, which I'd like to talk to you about more, but, but can't. But, no, no, we haven't got time now. I mean, there's, I'm just trying to think of the evolutionary reason. There's no evolutionary reason for that at all. I don't see how it would make your no. survival more likely. Mm. Is it anything to do with goose green? Um, goose Green is named after the Upland Goose, yes. yes. that's what I thought. So there you go, that's two yeah. things I've learnt off you today. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've already given you a round of applause for the last fella. I know, I'm a bit... No, it would be my second as well, but uh, I'll, I'll make do with just the one I've got at the moment. Well, do you know what? By being so gracious, you've earned yourself one. Wait. See, if you kicked <laughs> off, if you kicked off, no chance. Nicely no, I'll never do that. No, clearly, don't need to. <laughs> Thank you, John. I like that. Lovely. And Steve's in Epsom. Quickly, Steve, question or answer? Uh, it's a question, James, and yes. I think it could be the most important one ever posed. Go on, on then. On will, it affect, will, it, will it affect January Hunt's political future? Could well do. This Go, is it. You ready on. for it? Yeah, I am, yeah. But to know, why aren't there any jokes on ice lolly sticks anymore? 
Are you 100% sure that there aren't? I know there are fewer yeah. than there used to be, but are you sure there aren't any? None. How many lollies have you eaten this year? Loads, especially in this weather. All right, then. Loads. All the same Orange variety, one. or have you, have you diversified a bit? I do like a fad. I do like a, I do like a zoom. I like a fab. Hard to find a zoom. Rather partial to a twister myself. But yeah. oh, we had a twister last night, and it didn't have a joke on it. No, it was a lime one. Oh, really right. nice. Oh, it is nice, tangy. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. I'm James O'Brien. It's twelve thirty. One. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060 Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 31 minutes after 12. This is LBC 97.3 home of the jubilee clip on mystery Hour, so far we have answered the question of whether any other species but humans uh, commit suicide we still want to know whether the word jubilee is exclusively related to matters royal uh, the jubilee clip obviously could be proof that it isn't but it may well have a reference to something as, as was suggested it could be the crown shape gop gop as a description of the Republican Party in America. Why does it still appear like that in the written word when you never hear it in the spoken word? Why is Her Majesty, staying with Jubilee themes, the Queen of England? Why is she known as the Queen of England and not the Queen of, of Britain, for example? And why aren't there any jokes on lolly sticks anymore? If it's health and safety, I'll give you the money myself. Uh, Emma's on the A4. Emma, question or answer? An answer for you, James. Mom. Hello. Hello, Emma. Um, Jubilee. Yes. Uh, it's a very ancient word. It comes back from the word yobel, which was a from ram's horn, which was blown by the Israelites to every 50 years of the anniversary of um, releasing the Hebrew slaves. That's where it started from. Wow. And then it can... Derivatives of the word are jubilation, but it applies to any major anniversary. So if you have a silver wedding, it is a jubilee. Um, Roman Catholic Church has jubilee years, does it? Um, oh, I'm going to so get excommunicated now for not knowing that. Twenty-fifth <laughs> year, fifty years, sixty years. Ah, uh, the ordination. Yes, you, you, I think they celebrate yes. the anniversary of their ordination. Ordination. Yeah. You're absolutely That's right. Me. Qualifications, Emma. So, I work for the Roman Catholic Church, Benedictine. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh no, we've probably yes. got we've probably got mutual acquaintances then. We probably have. Yes. We better, we better leave it. it. We better leave it right leave there. It there. I'm, I'm still banned from Absolutely. the premises. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's earned you this, though, Emma. <laughs> oh, lovely! Thank you very much. I like that, and it's a conclusive answer. It's definitive as well. Leslie's in Hampton. Leslie, question or answer? Hello. Uh, question, please. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm just glancing at my screen. Are we sure this is acceptable behaviour? Yeah, for the... it's, it, I don't think it's rude. I think it's a name. What? I think it's a name. All right, then. <laughs> but I don't think anyone's going to know the answer. Well, you killers with suspense. <laughs> Spit it out, woman. Right. Where does the expression Fanny Fanacapan come from? My nan used to say it to me. Yeah. And somebody said it to me a week or two ago, and I said, oh, my goodness, where'd you get that from? She said her nan used to say it to her. Right. So it's very old. I mean, I'm 66. You young. never are. I am, Good I know. Grief. Don't tell anyone. But, Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Have you got I'm your Jubilee clips in? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> <That's> 
and I'm retiring in 22 days, so it's extremely exciting. <laughs> Don't count your chickens, Leslie, with this lot. I tell you, they might stick another 10 years on your tariff by the end of the month. <laughs> But I need to know where Fanny Fanakapang well, came I, from. Well, don't say it again, but tell me oh, where it ca- came into, in what sort of context your grandmother may have employed it. Well, as a, as a name, oh, come on, Fanny Fanakapang. Oh, thanks for not saying yeah. it again. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all right. Come on, thingy. <laughs> yeah, so she just <laughs> called you that, but were you being slow at the time, or...? No, I don't know. I can't remember. Gosh, you're talking a long while ago, aren't 60, you? 60 years. Possibly, yeah. yeah. All yeah, right, then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but somebody said it to me the other no, day. No, I, I know, I know. Still yeah, well, we'll find out, won't we? Thank you very much. No, and happy retirement. Love your program. You're very kind. Thank you. It's, Thank it's you. all right. It has its moments, actually. And, and, we'll, and, and enjoy your retirement. Seriously, I hope it's long and fruitful. It's 12.35. I wonder whether Jeremy Hunt will be joining you on the uh, retirement roster. I can't imagine his retirement card will be signed as enthusiastically as yours. Why do I ask? Well, because he is... Um, uh, continuing to give evidence. I think they've they broken now for lunch. You don't need to work it out for yourself. Dan Friedman's here to bring us up to speed with developments of the Royal Courts of Justice this very morning and afternoon. Well, one thing that's been happening while he has been giving evidence, Andy Coulson, who was detained yesterday in Scotland on perjury allegations... There's a statement from his solicitor that says Andy Coulson will vigorously contest the perjury allegations made against him. Of course, he was the former editor of the News of the World and uh, David Cameron's uh, director of communications for some time. But in the last half an hour at Leveson, Jeremy Hunt's been asked about his relationship with Adam Smith, his uh, special advisor. And there's a lot of debate as to whether he speaks on his behalf or not, and uh, Jeremy Hunt's been saying he doesn't, he was very robust, very capable, he allowed him sort of to go off piste, although he was never given explicit instructions not to, uh, or to go off piste and uh, give accounts on his behalf. He said he was a trusted aide and who had a positive role to ensure the process was run robustly, and uh, he revealed that Fred Michel, the News Corporation lobbyist, made contact five times a day and said it was extraordinary. We didn't protect this barrage of contact from Mr. Michel. We thought he was, you know, um, perhaps a little pushy. Um, yes, I suppose we, we would have said that he was at that end of the spectrum, but we, we weren't expecting, you know, 542 text messages to Mr. Smith, including, I think, I mean, I, to my total astonishment, I think there were 35 text messages in just two days at one point in the process, and um, however many, 140 or so phone calls. Um, I think um, when you do the analysis, and it's slightly back of the envelope analysis, um, uh, Mr. Michel looks like he was trying to contact Mr. Smith about five times every working day. The, uh, of course, as, as, as we discussed in the first hour of the programme, the onus, really, the, 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 the life and death scenario for Hunt is proving that uh, Smith was operating in a way of which he was completely un- unaware, of which he, Hunt, was completely unaware, and that's part of, 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 of that process there. And the, the crucial inappropriateness is, of course, that relationship with Fred Michel. Um, and then I, I guess it, it moves into the territory of what we were discussing last time you were in this studio, whether or not previously stated support for the Murdochs actually necessitates, inevitably, the 
lack of objectivity or, or, or the presence of bias when given the quasi-judicial role of judging it. I presume he's been going to lengths to, to claim that you can be objective even if your loyalties have been previously established. Well, as, as we said, we, we started, didn't we, with talking about his pronouncements before he was given that portfolio, and now he's been given a chance to state the other side of his argument. He's saying, do not judge me on what I said before being given the role, judge me on what I did after I was given it. So he's going to great lengths to explain all the measures that he went to in terms of uh, having a second pair of eyes, a third pair of eyes, a fourth pair of eyes on the details of this deal. And he says that James Murdoch thought the decision to refer Ofcom, pl the, the, the plan to spin off Sky News to Ofcom, tantamount to killing the deal. Uh, and and this, these are some of the language he's using to really try and express how devastating that was seen within News International. Obviously, coming from him, it's not surprising he, he fleshes it out in those terms. Uh, he's going to try and make it sound as, as if he was striking this devastating blow to them, but nevertheless, the language pretty strong there. Of course, the one thing you can't ignore in all this is the phone hacking and how that changed uh, the field of play, if you like. And, and, and Jeremy Hunt goes into details of how his mindset changed initially, he said he was instructed to um, look at newspaper headlines in the same way that he'd look at policy decisions, as in take a distant view, not really judge them uh, too much. So policy um, plans for News International and things like that, he, he shouldn't really be swayed on that. But he said once uh, a key development happened, he had to think again. The uh, News Corporation announced that they were closing the news of the world. And that, for me, was a very, very significant moment because then I began to wonder whether there could be a management issue that spread beyond News International to News Corp. And even if it wasn't an issue of trust, even if, you know, I accepted that the people that we were negotiating the UILs with, uh, we were doing so in good faith, um, I asked myself if they found it necessary to close down a whole newspaper. I mean, this is a big, big deal for a company like News Corporation. Um, is there a corporate governance issue here? So uh, the questions that were raised in his head upon that happening, and of course subsequently uh, that deal collapsed as a result of that. Indeed it did, and, uh, and, and he's back in the, on the bench now, back in uh, court now at the uh, uh, the Royal Courts of Justice in, in Court 73, as our uh, unscheduled interloper revealed to us on this programme earlier this week. Uh, it, it, it's scheduled to last all day. It looks like it probably will. Yeah, he's uh, due to give evidence to about 4 o'clock, 4.30, so um, we will keep you well across uh, all the developments. Well into the afternoon. Don't phone up to complain about Mystery Hour being interrupted because all you will do is make it take longer to get back to Mystery Hour because people are taking up the phone lines to complain about it not being on which could be used instead for questions and answers. Thank you, Dan Friedman. Paul's in Newcross. Question or answer? Uh, James, a question. Go on, please. Paul. Well, basically, the other night I was, uh, I was at Bond Street tube station Yeah. And as I was coming down the escalators, I noticed there was a set of three, what looked like cameras, but I don't think they were cameras. They were kind of like a, an aluminium, sort of silvery colour. Were, were you all right? What time was this? Uh, it was about... Um, it was, I mean, I, I had... I, I mean, I'm, yes, I had been drinking, but... Right. There's something about the phrase, they look like cameras, but I don't think they were cameras. That just reminded me of a few nights when I've been in the environs of Bond Street, feeling confused about things. <laughs> but they were just, 
they were literally just above the escalators in like in sort of in the corner of the arch. Yes. Um, uh, but I, I just wondered what they were, and I so, thought that, at that moment I I knew how I would find out. Yes. I'll phone James on Thursday and find out whether yeah. anybody else has ever. So, just to be clear, they 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 they've got they look like cameras, but you don't think they are cameras? No, I don't think they are. I think there's there's something else. I, I don't think that, they didn't look like you know you, you'd often see cameras about the tube station. They're sort of norm, yeah. normally a dome, which is sort of look kind uh, of black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these 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 were they they look more like. Um, I'm just trying to think of the word the. What? The thing surveyors use out in the roads. You know oh, that kind of thing? I don't know what they're called. Sextants? I don't know. No. Well, I've, got, I'm not, I've, not, I've not got... I'm, I thought they were cameras. Yeah. They're taking so pictures of the road, aren't they? No, what? The surveyors? Yeah. No, it's a, it's a measuring tool. Is uh, it? Theodolite. Theodolite, that's what it's called. Theodolite? A theodolite. The, I thought that was the Archbishop of Constantinople. <laughs> <laughs> or a fossil. So, is it a theodolite, the thing that's not a camera at Bond Street Tube? Oh, oh well, what? if it's not, what is it? Someone will know. I haven't got any phone lines free. We're going to have to free one up, aren't we, for that? Because that's the sort of question you, that someone listening is going to know the answer to, even though everybody else listening, myself included, hasn't frankly got a Scooby-Doo what Paul's blathering on about. Paul, thank you. No offence. Take care. Matthew's in Beckenham. Question or answer? It's a question, James. Carry on. Um, what is faster... A thought or a lightning bolt? You mean the electrical impulse in your brain, the electrical thing? Yeah, yeah, I thought, yeah. Is, is anyone going to know that? Well, they might. Have you been... Brain. I mean, I asked the last <laughs> fellow if he'd been drinking. I can't help wondering whether you've been partaking of a rather different intoxicant, young Matthew. No, no, just Lucas A today. Are you sure? Because this sounds yeah. like the sort of question that might have been asked of me in my student days. What, man, seriously, though, like, what is faster? Is it like a thought? Or is it like a bolt of lightning? <laughs> you, you obviously had good days back in the day, then. No, I said I was asked the question. I didn't say I, I, didn't say I was the oh. one that asked it. It's only, be, it's, only, it's only because I saw a lightning bolt. Yeah. And, uh, and then you had a thought. The, and then you had yeah, a thought. Yeah, <laughs> of course, that was it. Yeah. And I wasn't stoned or drunk. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> I wouldn't stand up in court for 20 seconds. <laughs> so what's faster, a lightning bolt or a thought? Yeah. Because your hairs, right, are like your antennas to another world, yeah? Yeah, mate. I love your show, James. I love your show. <laughs> Top man, 12.45. <laughs> Jay Louise Knight is in the LBC. LBC 97.3. London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. Twelve minutes to one. Dear James, I've been a listener to your fine programme since you started, and at last, hooray, 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 there is something that you don't know. Not only is it a triple hooray, but what adds to this is that 99% of us, your listeners, will know what a Jubilee clip actually is. For your interest, I have attached a photograph of a Jubilee clip to save you any future humiliation. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Do you know, I got a lovely email today that, that it's on the polar opposite when it comes to tokens and messages of appreciation. It's on the absolute to polar opposite to the one you sent in. And um, can I read you this or would that be self-indulgent? What do you think? I'll let, I'll let the producer describe decide while we crack on with mystery. Our Simi is in Mill Hill. Simi, question or answer? It's a question, James. Go on, mate. You know, when you walk, uh, um, you walk into a, a room yeah. with um, mirrors, yes. like in a bathroom or something, mm. there's mirrors reflected on each other, 
why do you get a continuous reflection of, of yourself? So, why does the reflection go on forever? Yeah. Well, because it's, 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 it's a reflection of a reflection, and then it's infinite. A reflection of a reflection of a reflection of a reflection couldn't of a reflection. Just be, couldn't it just be one reflection and that's it? That's what a mirror would do, wouldn't no, it? No, because cause what if you moved? If I'm, yeah, if you moved, you still get one reflection because you, you, you only see yourself once reflected on the on behind you on the mirror behind but the mirror keeps the mirror reflects a reflection and once it's reflected one reflection it reflects an infinite number of reflections oh you want a question you don't that answer's meaningless to you isn't it and as well, it came no, no, out of it, my mouth i'll be honest with you simmy it was fairly know, meaningless to me maybe it's only because i had a few drinks i don't know if you've well, you everyone keeps saying this i think this is turning into a conversation of a rather different flavor but but we'll, we'll let that pass along with the hairs being like antennas to another world. But, uh, you, I mean, how could it not be? If it's a reflection, it can't stop reflecting, can it? It can't reflect a bit and then stop reflecting. It's a mirror. It has to reflect constantly. Okay. Fair enough. But you don't sound convinced. You're still confused. Mystified. Well, kind of. But yeah. I'll give it to you anyway, James. Well, I, no, I'm not going to take that. Some sort of okay. flipping consolation booby prize. Ain't no help with yourself, then. Uh, well, I, well, I'll leave it on the board. Can anyone explain in a, in a way that Simi and I will find irresistible why your reflections go on forever when you've got co adjacent mirrors? Or, or, no, what are they? Contrapuntal. They're facing each other. Uh, contrapuntal's wrong. That's musical. Well, 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 like you've got two mirrors facing each other. Just stop using the long words, O'Brien. John's in North Wales. John, question or answer? I've got an answer. Oh, marvellous. It's uh, about your family question. You've got steady on, John. Okay. It's a family programme. That's a, it's the American use of the word. You mean Fanny Fanakal Watson? Fanny Fanakapam. Yes. Where does that come from, then? Well, my grandmother, who was born in Liverpool in uh, the turn of the, at the turn of the century, used to use it a lot. It yes. Term. And when I asked her when I was a little boy why she used it, she said it comes from Gracie Fields. Oh. Gracie Fields used to use it a great deal. And it was... Uh, a slightly derogatory term for somebody who didn't get on with things. So, yeah, so someone who was hanging around, which is why, yeah. uh, I forget the nice lady's name who asked the question, but her gran would always say it in a, in a sort of hurry-up sort of fashion. Yeah, yeah get, get a move on. And stop dawdling and daydreaming. And it was uh, one of her characters that she used in her, I presume, her stage show or a film. M music Hall, mostly, Gracie yeah. Fields, and then I think, I don't know if she, she must have made a few films, but she was one of the last big names, wasn't she, of the yeah. Between the War Music Hall scene. That's beautiful. Characters, and that was one of her characters. That's lovely. Uh, and it's, you know what it's done, it's earned you a mystery, a round of applause. Oh, excellent. How about that? <laughs> Good work, John. Uh, one text came in earlier, and, and this is genuine text, this, I think. Um, you'll, uh... I think it. I hope it will tickle you as much as it tickles me. Someone has texted eight four eight five zero to say, "I wonder if they really clap in the studio, or is it just a sound effect?" My friend, you'll never know. Alan's in Spain. Alan, question or answer from North Wales to Spain. Hello, answer James. What have you got, Alan? Um, queen of England. Um, she isn't the Queen of England. She's um, the Queen of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Right. But they used to be Queens of England. Um, and I think it's all to do with the Act of Union uh, when Queen Anne uh, became... So this is Queen what we thought. I mean, obviously, yeah. in, in literal terms, she is much more than merely the Queen of England. But in historical and traditional terms, that is what the monarch was referred to as she from 1066 onwards. Queen of England. Um, Queen Anne, I think, was started off as the Queen of England, and then there was an Act of Union 
with Wales and Scotland. And became the... And she uh, became... Yeah, although... Queen or, or, of I mean, Great then you've got James the Sixth, James the First of Scotland, as well, of, of England as well, haven't you? Becoming the first monarch of both England and Scotland. But because it had That's always right, been the yeah. King and Queen of England, it still is. Yeah. So it is just verbal tradition, which yeah. I already said, but you, 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 you get the round you of applause because you're a guest. Thank you. Carry on. <laughs> Phil's in Lincolnshire. Phil, what have you got for me? Um, what? Answer to Fenakatan. I thought we'd already done this. Did you? I thought we'd... You've got an answer for it. It's a Gracie Fields song. Right, but don't you want to know what a Fenakatan is? Well, I do now. It'd be rude if I said no, wouldn't it, after you've gone to the trouble of putting tempence in the machine. And if I tell you that Spike Milligan told me, oh, will you believe me? I don't, I'll do more than that, mate. I'll give you one of these before we've even heard. <laughs> Go on. Spike wrote a poem called Fred Fenakatan. Did he? And it, it went... It went my name is Fred Fanakapan. I walk around this town, sometimes with my trousers up and sometimes with their down. Fantastic. And when they were up, they were up. And when they were down, they were down. And when they were only halfway up, I was arrested. And it fascinated <laughs> me. Yeah, I know. And it fascinated me. Because I thought, where did you make stupid names up like that? So I wrote to him, and he wrote back, and he told me, oh. Fanakapan is a Lancashire term meaning a little deer, D-E-A-R, specifically from a mother to a daughter. Um... Uh, and it's a term of endearment. And Gracie and Fields was from Lancashire as well, I think. She's, yeah, well, she was. Ah, oh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's got a lot. That's got... Oh, isn't that... That's really nice. I, I met him, you know. Did you? I did. I'd love to have I had lunch with him. When I was on the Express on the William Hickey column, we used to do a National Treasures lunch, which John McEntee, who often reviews the papers with, with, uh, with Nick in the morning, was my boss at the mm. time. And, and we just used it. We used to just use it as, a, as an excuse to try to meet the people we'd always wanted to meet, and they kept coming. Yeah. And Spike Milligan came, and I got sat next to him, and it was, ah. Oh. And George Melly, you remember George Melly? Yes, I do, yeah. The, the judge, he knew Spike of old, and he said to me, when he saw the seating arrangement, and I, I knew George a bit, uh, just as a gossip columnist, and and he said to yeah. me, he said, "Oh, I, I think Spike's on. He's having one of his dark days. I don't know how much <laughs> fun you're going to have sitting next to him. I don't think he's in a great mood because he he suffered with, uh, I think, depression, didn't he? Oh, so terrible. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd had a few sherbets prior to lunch, so I thought, in my incredibly arrogant way, I'm going to tell Spike Milligan a joke when I sit down <laughs> to cheer him up. Yeah, and it worked. Did it? Yeah." Oh, brilliant. Can you imagine it? I mean, that was such a brilliant mind. Oh. And he, they used to run a company, him and Eric Sykes, yes. and Alan Simpson and Ray Galton. They had this company called Associated London Scripts, and they were in a flat over a green grocery shop they, in the Balls Pond Road. They, uh, Can you imagine the, 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 the pure energy of inventiveness that was flowing out from under those doors? No, I can't. I can't, but I can tell you what I can do. I, you, you, have you read Eric Sykes' autobiography? Oh, yeah, I have, yeah. Oh, all right, then. So uh, you don't have to imagine it, then. I read all the sort of because Those people are so clever and so funny. Do you know what worries and me? And this is a political point. Left. Well, not that there's none left. How would you find them now? Eric Sykes, as you know, was working in a grocer's shop in uh, Oldham when he was 14 years old. How the hell mm. would he end up now? A lad like that with that gift and that talent would never be found. Look at what, what, what the comedy... I know I've got some great friends who are comedians, but if you look at the radio now, they're all Oxbridge, all public school. I know. I think what I think a lot of the capitalists that brought a lot of those group of people together was the Second World War because they all started to come together in the concert parties and things like that. And when the war finished, you had this gelling of an awful lot of people. So many people, comedy people of that era. I think that's the, the, the reviews of the um, 
the Second World War concert parties. I, I think that did a lot. I think you're right, and, and it's all there. Anyone who, like me and, and like Phil, enjoys this era and those sort of talents really must read the, uh, um, uh, the Eric Sykes autobiography. It's a brilliant, brilliant book. And Phil, it's earned you this. Thank you. Thank no, you. thank you, mate. And apologies to everybody else for that little interlude. But, hey, that's enthusiasm for you. Daniel's in Enfield. Daniel, question or answer? Uh, it's an answer. Come on, then. And that's for the um, cameras at Bond Street. No, they, they, we don't think... Are they cameras? Uh, well, no, no, they're subsidence monitors. Um, it's to do with the Crossrail project. So they are theodophytes? Yeah, basically. If, if you look at wherever oh, they are, they're, they're dotted around the network. Yeah. Facing them, like, down where the cameras are pointed at, there's going to be little orange mirror discs sticking out of the wall and all, all around the tube of the passageway. Mm. And it basically it sends out a beam and checks the reflection. It's just looking for subsidence. So, uh, because the crossrail going on underneath, they're worried that the station might be shifting slightly or something like that. Yeah, well, because obviously it's a tunnel port. That like, crossrail is obviously tunnelling new areas. Live and learn. Oh, so it is so. exactly that he was right then. He wasn't drunk at all. Well, he was drunk, but he yeah. was also right. It is exactly the same thing that the surveyors use on roads. Yeah, basically. Qualifications, Daniel? I'm a service operator for the underground, and we've all been briefed on it because they're in the tunnels as well, and if we just see this thing suddenly rotating round... Could be a little unnerving. Yeah. Not anymore. All right. Great work. Thank you. And finally, Pat's in Godalming. Pat, question or answer? It's an answer. Go on, Pat. It's with the lightning bolt and the thought, and it depends upon where you start from, but once you get to a lightning bolt, this charge is instantaneous, so it's a millionth of a second. Right. Whereas the thought is it runs to the thousandth of a second because you've actually got to get the uh, the electrical charge plus then the chemicals at the end of the neurons. Of course. But, but, oh. an electric lightning bolt, if you, if you actually start when it starts, begins, then the actual build-up within the cloud takes hours. So it depends where you start point. Oh, uh, okay. No, I, I understand. Although, of course, if, if, uh, if it was the thought processes of Jones the Engineer, there'd be no competition at all. Although we did remember to do that. We will be doing it again tomorrow from 10. I'm James O'Brien. This is LBC 97.3. Here's Julia Harley-Brewer. Thank you very much indeed. Coming up after the one o'clock news, we're going to be talking about how long you wait in A&E, how much we should be drinking, and whether we should all get the Jubilee Tuesday off work. First, though, let's get an update on what's been going on at Leveson Inquiry with Jeremy Hunt. He's been giving evidence which he claimed in the House of Commons just a few weeks ago would exonerate him from all wrongdoing and ensure that he keeps his job. I wonder, has he? We'll be talking to Tom Watson, the Labour MP, who sparked the whole thing off. That's after the one o'clock news. FM. On-